Welcome to Beefmaster Banner. We are your hosts, Josh Morrison and Jared Strickland. How's it going, Jared? It's going good, man. That last episode uh, left me really excited for this one. So, oh yeah. Um, hopefully, it'll be just as good, and uh, folks will get just as much out of it. Um, before, as always, before we get started, I want to thank our show sponsors, um, the Southeastern Beefmaster Breeders Association. Uh, be on the lookout for their sale and convention coming up August 26th. Um, Emmons Ranch Beefmasters. Um, there's not a whole lot to say that people don't know about Emmons. They've been around a long time and, and they have good cattle. They've got a couple sales, I think, coming up still this year. So keep a check out for them. Um, Lissy Beefmasters. Uh, they've got a couple sales coming up this year also um and uh got again really i mean just really good stuff something for everybody um like to thank uh cnm ranches the chick family for uh sponsoring us they've they've got cattle all over the place anymore and and um they've got a sale coming up here too so lastly um jones beef masters mr clark uh thank you for sponsoring our show uh, they've got some bulls selling at uh, the Flint Hills Classic, and they've got some bulls selling, uh, or, or they've got their production sale, excuse me, uh, coming up in the end of June. So keep a lookout for that. Um, but tonight we've got Ty, Dr. Ty Davis on again. Um, how's it going, Ty? Doing good, man. Yeah, excited to be back on here. I keep forgetting you tell me not to say doctor. You just say, you just say to tell you, Ty. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's all good. It's, I don't, I don't know who those guys that keep throwing in people's face. So I just bring it up once and we'll move on. Yeah, I don't know who we're dealing with. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, it's a, you know, it's a uh, big accomplishment. I mean, there's not a you know a lot of folks that could say that. So I always say own it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, on the last episode, we we talked pretty much solely about feed. Um, we didn't really hit hay or minerals, which is what we're going to hit tonight. Um, so starting out let's let's just talk hay quality um why is knowing your hay quality important why is it important knowing what kind of hay you've got yeah I mean, this is uh i think it's one of the best tools that the cattle producer can have in their pocket and you know the good thing about it is it's, it's it's pretty cheap um knowing your hay and your forage quality first of all helps you plan on what kind of supplementation you're going to have to do you know helps you know if you've made improvements from last year to this year or what improvements you need to make um, in your forage. But as well with that, you know, knowing your hay quality, you can plan as far as what hay and when to feed it. So if you have, if you're buying hay from several different places or you bought it from one guy and he's got it from a couple of different fields or you raise it from a few different fields, you know, from there you can plan it according to your cow's calving schedule so if you have some really top-notch stuff you're going to want to save that for that last trimester uh, going into calving and rebreeding because that's when you're going to get the most use out of it um, if you got like you got some stemmy stuff that you know you just need to get out of your get out of your fields um you know you can feed that in that first trimester time where her requirements aren't nearly as high and you're not going to hurt her you know from an efficiency standpoint so you know, that's a, that's a big point of the, the hay quality is you can use it um, in a more uh, strategic manner. I, I like your answer there. That's kind of the answer. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm an extension agent and been doing that for about five years. And 
I went and gave my first uh, forwards talk and hay quality talk about five years ago, and the, I got to doing on the, the how you need to how you need to check your hay and all that stuff. And probably five minutes into it, one guy raised his hand and said, "Well, one, I need to check my hay. I got to feed it anyway because I, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's all I got, you know." And I tried to give him kind of the answer you, you just give there, and I'll never forget that. But um, anyway, that's a that's a good way of looking at it is. You know, like you're saying, if you if it's if you just uh, if you don't test, it's just a guess, is what I tell people, and and uh, that's a a good way of putting it is that fifteen dollar twenty dollar test or whatever it costs. You know, it uh, it may uh, save you a lot of money or make you spend a lot of money, but at least you know what you're doing. But you know, in the yeah. guy's defense, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was right as far as he going to feed the hay, but like. I said you may want to know which hay to feed first or last. Right. Yeah. And and maybe it may maybe it makes me a bad feed rep, but you know, you, you save your good stuff for the end, you're not gonna have to supplement them nearly as much. No, right. I agree. Um, you know, we we get into talking about testing hay and and hay and grain and you know, a cattleman has got to be a jack of all trades, essentially. I mean, they've got to be a weatherman. They've got to be, you know, an environmentalist. They've, I mean, they've got to be, you know, they've got to learn. I don't know that you ever stop learning in this business just because of that. No, don't forget we're gamblers too. That's where I was gambling. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So getting into, you know, nutritional value testing, Hey, what, you know, we hear TDN and, and we hear other things, but I would say, there's a lot of people out there that have no idea what they even need. I mean, they may test their hay, but they may have no idea what to even look for in, in their hay. What can you kind of give us a rundown on that? Yeah, there's quite a few things you can look at there and make your, um, get some information out of it. Really the two big ones to, to take away from your hay is TDN and, and free protein. You know, those are the, those are the two big ones to look at. And then you can, you can dive in the weeds with the NDF values and ADF. Um, as well as the, the vitamins and minerals present um, in that forage. But the two big ones really to pay attention to are TDN and, and free protein. Um, and, you know, thinking about what you want to see in your hay, you know, it's obviously it's, it's often different from what we get, particularly here out east. Um, but, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, you're in that first trimester, um, you can get away with the, a hay that's in that, you know, 8 to 10% free protein mark, as well as the, you know, a TDN in those high 40s. You know, it's not the best quality, but it'll get them through just fine in that first trimester and into that first half of the second. Um, but when you get closer, you know, in that third trimester into calving, yeah, you're going to want that crude protein to be around 13% or, you know, TDN of, you know, 56 or above. Um, and if not, you're you're oftentimes going to be supplementing with those numbers. You know, that, that can vary if you're feeding something like, baleage or something like that where you know the hay's a bit more digestible um but those are the rough numbers i used um and it tends to work pretty well well and you know i know people hear tdn that just means total digestible nutrients correct yes sir okay um and, and maybe something else real quick on that is like you know if you have leftover hay from the year before to to this year does does it drop a lot in in nutrients as far as feeding it you know 
this year, you know, you don't want to just get rid of it because you never know when you may get a drought and not have anything to eat. But um, does, right. does it drop? Does it does the nutrients drop a lot year to year? The uh, the vitamins and minerals certainly will. Uh, free protein and TDM that that's got a lot to do with how you stored it. You know, you left it out there in the field. Yeah, it's definitely going to drop. You know, a significant margin. You have it put up pretty well in a barn. It's it's not getting rained on. It's and it's off the ground. It's going to drop some for sure, um, but not that drastically. You know, that outer shell will certainly do it. But when you get inside the hay like that, it's uh, it won't be that drastic. You know, and again, it goes back to hay testing. Test it again. Find out. That's that's good. But like you said, the main when I tell folks the main way to to keep the high quality as high as you can is definitely storage. If it's outside, it's, you're going to lose a lot. If it's in a dry barn, you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to use it. Uh, so just remember obviously, that. Well, you obviously, I guess you, you want to use that older hay first. Yeah. Before. If you have outside hay, stored hay, use it as quick as you can. Yep. Versus start, start. And definitely put your poor quality hay outside. Yeah. <laughs> it don't break down as fast yeah if you're stuck on the if you're stuck on storage yeah yeah that's another good way to use it well and jared and i had talked about it before you know I, i've been at fault i haven't tested hay like i should because i never really knew about it until you know jared and i started talking about it and he said i said well you know what if your tdn is or or i can't remember which one it was isn't quite right he said well it may just be as simple as cutting it a little earlier or a little later it just depends you know there's there's all kind of things you can do um so it's not that your field's just bad you know all the time it's just you may need to adjust a few things here and there yeah now sometimes it gets wet and you can't get in that field um yeah it's certain part of it too yeah kind of going on the lines with that in one of my classes that we give or whatever when I got two samples, I got lucky getting them and they're off the same farm, same fertilizer rate, same everything. The only difference was, was about three weeks in timing as far as cutting and sample A versus sample B, the one that got cut three weeks later is way, way worse, you know, mm -hmm. and the nutrient values there, it's just not accessible, you know, liquids right. too high, stuff like that. So timing of cutting your hay, I think, Obviously, Ty can uh, allude more to that here in a minute, but that's kind of really what sets your or quality or nutritional value is when you what when you cut it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I'm not a I'm not a forage expert by any means on uh, you know when and when not to cut hay. It's a um, but you know as that as that grass becomes more mature, it, it certainly depletes in quality. <laughs> well. The the next question that goes along with that, and and I I don't know whichever one of you want to answer this at this point. Uh, where does someone? How does somebody test their hay? Where do they get their? You know, where do they get that? Where do they send it to? Um, yeah, so biggest thing just invest in the hay probe. Uh, pretty simple, you know. You can just I like to use the Colorado one, um, but I test quite a bit of hay, so. I, you know, a high quality one like that gets me a lot further. They got some cheaper ones. Um, I think Valley Vet has one that's pretty decent. Um, and just it just hooks right into your cordless drill and drill all the way through it. And, you know, if you make sure you take several samples, not just from one bale. That's, I think that's important because there's, there'll be some variation in between them. Um, mix it together and send it out. I, I personally like to use, um, I use Dairy One. They're out of New York. Um, 
but Jared, you know, speaking to you, you know, I think it's important to talk to your, you know, extension agent or your, your local feed store and find out um, where they send it and see if you can't tack it on to wherever they're sending it to. Um, another thing I like to use, uh, I like to test uh, using the wet chemistry method instead of the NIR. Um, tends to be a bit more accurate. You pay a little bit more for it, but it is more accurate. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree with that. A lot of folks do use the NIR because it is cheaper, but like you said, you'll get more accuracy out of the wet chemistry test. Yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the NIR. I just prefer to use uh, the wet chemistry one. So I guess uh, maybe shifting gears, you know, we're getting our high test back. You know, we're kind of seeing that it's maybe short of what we need. What's the best way to kind of maybe get a plan together to – off of that sample, you know, do you go talk to the feed store? Do you call somebody else or what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, I think the feed store or, or your, um, you know, your extension agents are probably the people to go to as far as, you know, this is what I got. How far is it going to get me? Um, mm -hmm. You know, okay. like, like myself, I work with multiple feed stores in the area. Um, you know, I've gotten that call before about, you know, this is what it is. What do you, what do you think they need from there? So I guess I guess what we're telling folks is if you get that hay test, you can pretty much build a either a ration off of it or a, a program to get your cows to meet their needs, you know. And that's why, yeah. you know, like we said, that's why it's important to know because if you don't, you, you're just guessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, kind of going on that, we know different parts of the U S will use different types of hay, different, you know, different strands, different, you know, grasses. In your opinion, are there any certain types of, I guess you, instead of, hay, I guess you'd say grass, you know, that, that maybe would be better than others, or is it just kind of depend on when you cut it? Yeah. I mean, I guess the easy answer is, you know, alfalfa, you know, that's kind of the gold standard, but that doesn't, you know, fit first of all, economically and, nor gastrointestinal, you can't just feed alfalfa to your cows. Um, but really, that that just depends on where you're at. You know, out here in the East Coast, the cool season grasses are the ones that, that do the best, like uh, like the fescue that we graze out here. And you know, go out to Texas, that fescue is not going to do very well when, with those temperatures. So that um, I wish I had a better answer about you know a couple that are you know specifically that work. It, it just depends on where you're at in the world. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. You just can't paint that one with a general brush. It's more localized. It, it is. And, you know, there's a few things you can look into. You know, it's crabgrass. There's been a lot of research around around crabgrass here recently. It's, it's a heck of a forage. It does a really good job. And then you can get into your, you know, Sudan, Sudax grass, um, specifically for hay. Um, that pretty well grows most anywhere as long as you, you have the right fertilizer and program around it. Mm -hmm. um, those are some really good ones to look into, but again, it depends on where you're at. Uh, I'll back you up on the crabgrass. I got a lot of old timers saying it's a weed, but man, it sure does stay green when it gets dry. The cows love it. <laughs> they do. It, it's got a great fruit protein. It's got a lot of energy to it too. Oh yeah. And they seek that, seek it out. It's like they know it's better. Mm -hmm. But I guess kind of sh shifting gears. Uh, you know, we haven't really talked about minerals yet. And I know Purina, uh, you know that that's something that they think is a good way to have a base on your cows. Uh, so what what's some good ideas of 
maybe why is it important to have a good mineral program, even though you're doing all these other things uh, to try to, to make your cows healthy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, second, um, you know, we're kind of talking one, a one B here, you know, second to your forage um, program. I think minerals right there next to it. Um, as far as where you should invest your money to make your cows as productive and efficient as possible. Um, mineral research has been going on forever in animal science. I mean, you can find research articles back in the forties where they were looking at supplemented phosphorus and, and some other minerals. Um, and those research articles still hold true today as far as the improvements and conception rates, rate of gain, um, milk quality. You know, the list goes on as far as the improvements that you can make to your cow heart through a good mineral program. That kind of comes back to what we was talking to. It may be more localized as well. You know, uh, I think a, a good advice might be to get, you know, with your local rep, either with Perina or your feed store or something and see what. If you're, especially if you're a newer breeder, you know, figure out what maybe some deficiencies you have in the area that may be lacking in the soil or the forage forage that you have. That way you can kind of help set up that good program. Yeah. Get you yeah. set up with the right minerals. Yeah. And, you know, you think about the differences in, you know, just the continental U.S. You know, out here, we're supplementing selenium to the max of the FDA allows. You get out in South Dakota, they don't want any selenium because they have problems with selenium toxicity in certain parts of it. So that it's very dependent on where you're at. And, you know, one thing to think about with, you know, your mineral program is, um, first of all, that cow's needs are changing every day. You know, she's always, if she's doing her job right, she's always going to have a calf by her side, a calf in utero, or both. So she's changing every day. And the forage that she's eating is changing every day. You know, it's becoming more mature or it's starting fresh growth or it's dying off. So having that mineral program in front of her gives her that constant to know that she's meeting her needs each and every day. Um, how much mineral should a person keep out at a time? Should they um, keep it free choice? You know, do you recommend just feeding it? Uh, how do you recommend doing it? Yeah, I, I recommend keeping it free choice um, at all times. If, if they become mineral hungry and in, you know, it's kind of a, it's somewhat of a common misconception to think that, you know, they're eating it because they need it. And really it's mostly as it's a salt craving that they'll have typically. Um, we've kind of found out in the somewhat recent years that, you know, they don't, cows don't think that they need magnesium on a certain day. But as you, if you allow them to run out for a couple days and you put it out there, then they're just going to hammer it that day. And you got to start that process of getting them leveled out on their consumption of that mineral. So you're best to just leave it out there free choice at all times. Um, yeah, and kind of a, I guess a constant uh, to everything I've been saying about mineral supplementation is they have to eat it first of all. Um, just because you put that mineral bag out there and it lasts you two months doesn't mean that they're, you know, meet their needs or you're doing your job as far as giving them their tools to do their job. They still have to eat it. Oh, that, I, I agree with that. I've had issues in the past. You know, you try to get the high mag, high, high magnesium you know, out in this early in the spring here out in the east, you know, and sometimes they don't really like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The form of the mineral does, it, it doesn't matter. You know, if it's, I mean, I've seen cattle, they go up there with, um, we'll just call it a, a, a inexpensive form of mineral. And, you know, it looks like sawdust. They get it in their nose and it's, it's stuck on there and it's just, it's not a good eating experience for them. So they don't want to do it again. Yeah. 
if it smells good enough that you want to eat it, it might be pretty good, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you, I haven't smelt a mineral yet that I wanted to eat. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but that's funny because I have, you know, kind of like Jared said, I've put out mineral before and they not hardly touch it. And then you put out different mineral and they will tear it up every single time you put it out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it, a, they got taste buds just like we do. Sometimes it makes me question them, but <laughs> um, do you recommend a loose mineral lick tub? What do you kind of recommend there? Um, you know, uh, typically, and, and I can only speak to, you know, Purina this for the specific question, but typically the, um, the loose mineral is the most economical, you know, as far as price per pound. Um, the mineral tub, I think, has its place, um, particularly if you're dealing with, you know, weaned calves that aren't super susceptible to wanting to eat so a, you know a mineral tub will um again i can only speak to the purina brands but we have a lot of molasses in ours which will entice them to eat it and i think it works really well in that standpoint and another good thing about the mineral tubs is they're you know ours are 200 pounds um as are most other mineral brands um so if you're not able you know your cows are 40 minutes away you're not able to check them all that often mineral tubs are a good option just because it'll last them longer um without having to make that investment and getting several mineral feeders. Kind of going like, uh, talk about you, just talking about calves. Uh, me and my buddy Weston, we do background and, you know, buying calves. And, and we've really started going towards when we bring them in, going to like a, a mineral tub, because they seem to be attracted to that more, especially ones that's never had feed before. And it gets them, seems like it gets them going. I think that might be something folks might want to look at, even on weaning calves or something that's come off straight off of grass and never had feed. That that tub may be something to look at doing too. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a big proponent of, of mineral tubs when it comes to weaned calves. Um, like, just like you said, Jared, they, they tend to hit it better. And, and honestly, even in cows, I mean, I've seen it, they do hit mineral tubs more consistently than they do the loose mineral. So there's something to be said for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think especially when you're talking about calves, I mean, that, that consumption rate in the very beginning is important. You know, uh, they're going through that stress period and they need that that mineral for sure. Absolutely. I kind of like to have you back on later in the year when we get one into hay feed season. It's kind of a this time of year, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Uh, for sure, maybe, maybe feeding calves out, um, you know, getting to where jared's talking about background of calves and that kind of thing is um if, if you would be willing to do that that would be something really cool uh to come back and do for sure yeah of course no i'd absolutely love to we appreciate you being on for for both episodes but before we go we ask everybody the same question um every every episode and it's what is what is one piece of advice you would give to a new breeder yeah um you know i guess there's a few right you know, kind of the one that I suppose encapsulates it all. It's really look at your program, you know, and really evaluate what your nutritional program is and what it's getting you. You know, look at just because it's the cheapest doesn't mean it's the best. Um, just because it's the most expensive doesn't mean it's the right one for you. So look at what, what your conception rates are, what your weaning rates are. Are they where you want it to be? Are they reasonable? Are there improvements to make? And are those improvements, um, going to be uh the most efficient from your dollar i think that's really good advice yeah i like that and and you know 
I, I may have said this before, but it's important to know you're going to make a mis- you, you're going to make mistakes. It's just part of life, but it's learning from those mistakes. And, and especially when, you know, when, like in these last two episodes, we've talked about feed, hay, and minerals. If something's not working, don't be afraid to change it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, give it a shot. It's, you know, this is a, it's your operation. You know, you need to make the best you can. Um, don't be, don't be stuck just on that price tag that, you know, that, that price tag's important. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's, uh, you're better off bumping them up in quality. You may have to spend a little extra money now, but in the long run, you know, it's going to probably make you more money than what you spent there. Yeah, that's right. An, an open cow is really expensive. It's a lot more expensive than a couple bags of minnow. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> that's exactly right. But especially, especially these days. Um, oh yeah. But Ty, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, especially hanging with us through these, through both of these episodes. Um, sometimes makes it easier on us. Uh, because we already know what's happening in the next episode. So, um, but we really appreciate it. Thanks for taking time out of your evening to come on with us. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on uh, later this year for, for a little more conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next time. Yeah, we sure appreciate it. Yeah, sounds great. And we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thanks. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to the Beefmaster Banner podcast. Uh, please know that we are on Apple podcast spotify and we are on youtube just search beef master banner please like share comment and subscribe we love hearing from you um, and we'll see you on the next episode thank you